Amen. So uh, tonight, this will be part one, and uh, we're talking about winning faith projects. And uh, I wanted to say winning faith battles, but uh, we're seated with Christ. Battle's over. It's just a matter of us lining up. Uh, You know, we've kind of been talking about that. But, you know, God will put us in positions to have a project uh, for our faith. Uh, where we're, we need to believe God and to hold on to that faith and see something through. And, uh, you know, how many people, let me just ask you this, um, how many people have ever been in a situation and you're trusting God, you're believing God, and you just hit that place and you go, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And um, you've said, or how about this thought? Um, it's... Uh, it's just too much. It's just too much. You're asking too much from me, God. You're asking too much. And I think all of us have been at that place. But how would you like to get to the place where you don't say that anymore because it stops being too much? And you don't say that anymore because you know how to go through. In other words, you stop getting stopped right at the end, right at the finish line. How many people would like that? Where you are now not being stopped, but you're finishing the faith race. You know, our whole life is a race of faith that God says, and we are to finish that race, but that race is made up of smaller segments in there where we have this leg of a race called our life, and God has asked us to believe something. And so many times, you know, what we do is is like this. Um, We just... You know, we kind of start out, step to the side here, we kind of start out and we're running this and somewhere, you know, around like right here, uh, there's a challenge for our faith and uh, and then we come around and right about here, we're supposed to break out of this circle, but instead right about here, we go, Lord, it's too much, it's too much, it's I can't take anymore. You're, you're giving me more than I can handle. And so what happens is you don't break out of the circle, you know, and you just, and you get relief. You get instant relief because you give up the, the faith project, but you kind of enter into that recovery zone where you've let that go. And, uh, but the problem is, just because you got relief that one time doesn't mean that the project went away or the problem went away. And before you know it, you know, you kind of have this recovery zone and then you, you feel, you know, somewhere in here comes some condemnation and, and uh, you know, somewhere in here comes some conviction from the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden you get back on your feet and sure enough you come right back around to the same point and, and God says, I want you to believe and in Give me your faith again. And so what you do is, again, you know, you head down that road. Yes, Lord, that's right. You knew it was right the whole time. And yes, Lord, that's right. And you come up to this place where you're, you're about there at breakthrough. And again, it, it goes, Lord, that's too much. I, I, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. And so instead of breaking out, you go back around and instantly there's condemnation again. You kind of have a little bit of relief right here in this section, you know, a little bit of relief. But right after that, the devil comes with condemnation because he says you gave up too quick, 
right? And then you have conviction where the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you did give up too quick, but I'm not condemning you. Just get back on track. And then you come right back around here, and the Lord says, you know, will you give me your faith? And, and then so you start applying faith, and you, you start building up faith again, and you come right back to this point. And see, here's the thing. You're going to keep coming back and coming back to that point until you bury that thing. You're going to keep coming back. And see, that's the problem. People think that they're, you know, once they let go of it, I just can't. They'll take the Band-Aid, but they don't fix the root. And so a lot of times we have faith projects, and, and it can be anything. It can be healing, you know. How many people have ever been at a place and it's like, you know, I, all right, Lord, I'm going to go into this major faith project. I want to believe that my headache will go away. Oh, I got this, you know, and they, and then, you know, they want to believe for that headache to go away, and they're like, I'm not taking any aspirin. Tell you what, yeah, I'm not taking anything. I'm not, I'm believing you, Lord, for healing. I'm believing you for healing. And uh, you go down, you know, a couple hours later on. I know y'all have never been there. This is... Yeah, I'm speaking from experience. I know y'all have never had this. But, I, you know, in a couple hours later and you're like, oh, this hurts so bad. And then before you know it, you know, the aspirin you threw away in the trash can, you're like digging through the trash can looking for an aspirin trying to find something. And before you know it, here you are and you give up on that faith. You know, and, and the devil try to bring condemnation. And, and you know what? I don't, I don't really have a problem with somebody taking an aspirin or not taking an aspirin. But the question is, what's the Holy Spirit asking you to do right then? And so what happens is we come around to this point, and, and somewhere in here, you know, right, right after, somewhere in here, the flesh really rises up. And it tries to get you to keep going around in the circle to break the, you know, break your faith and not escape and so what it does is it just keeps pushing your button so in other words it's kind of like you have a default button that you keep submitting to and and the flesh is pressing your submission button and instead of submitting the flesh your flesh is submitting you and you're tapping you know you're you're giving up right so all it does is, well, the devil knows this, so all he does is he just constantly comes back over here, and as soon as you get to that place, oh, yeah, I'm going to be super Christian. I'm going to believe God, and he's like, burp, press that button. And before you know it, here you are back at that same place going, God, Lord, it's too much. It's too much. I can't believe you. I can't, I can't believe you. I, it's too much. It can be finances. For me, this, I really found this in finances because and i'll just show you how and you can relate it to however but i'm going through life i'm growing in the lord and uh you know i would have that a uh um <laughs> george i just saw your note i said make sure all the markers are good there's a note here that says all markers are good <laughs> so amen thank you <laughs> I, I didn't see it till right now but i appreciate it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so um you know in finances i need like you know we need some money or something we'd be short and uh we need you know say a thousand dollars or something to pay some bills and we'd have something coming up and 
And uh, so right here, I'd be like, all right, Lord, I'm believing you for this money. I'm believing you for it. I'm, I'm believing you for it. We need, we got to pay some bills. You're our provider, God. You're, you're everything. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And faith. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, it's like, this is the calendar, right? And here's the day when the bill comes due. And so like, the closer that it got towards that day, the more the pressure of the flesh was on me. And, you know, I had several outs. I had several outs. One would be put it on credit. That is, if we could find some. And, uh, and, and you know, that becomes scarce when you do that too much. And uh, put it on credit was one. Another one was pick up the phone and call parents, right? So I had some outs. And so as I'd get closer and closer to this breakthrough, what would happen would be uh, the devil would be like, hey, that payment date is coming up. It's coming up. What are you going to do? If you don't do something, you're not going to have it. You better call mom and dad. You better see if you can find any credit cards anywhere. And I can't tell you how many times we did this cycle and we went in the circle. Time and time and time and time again. And and then we'd, you know, put it on credit and we'd be like, you know, this is I know y'all have never done this, but we put it on credit. And it's like, praise God. God paid the bill. No, he didn't. You put it on credit. <laughs> praise God. Well, yeah, I would say maybe that was some mercy of God, maybe until you got your mind straight. But no, that wasn't the provision of God. That was a temporary band-aid. That was a temporary thing. Then, then what would happen is it wouldn't take long at all. The devil would come and be like, look, you, you believed for credit again. How did, how did believing God help you? And sure enough, you gave in, you caved, you called mom and dad, you called the creditor. Oh, well, let's move the credit from this card over to this card. And the interest is different. And look, it looks all better, right? I know y'all have never done that stuff. And then the conviction from the Holy Spirit would be there. Hey, you kind of gave up the fight of faith. You kind of quit the race. And then I'd say, yeah, you know what I did, Lord? We repent. We're sorry. We'd come back around here, and here comes the next bill. What, what's the devil doing? He's like, man. That button in their life sunk them last time. They, they fell short that time. I'm going to keep pressing it. I'm going to keep pressing it. Why, why should he do anything different? I mean, if you were your enemy, why should he do anything different? If you keep jumping ship on the faith of God, your faith project, and you just, if he can keep you going around in a circle and a cycle all your life, why? See, and here's the thing. Why would he, why would he try anything else? You know, this is what I want you to get tonight on this. This right here that breaking out is Christianity. Is real Christianity. But the problem is that somewhere about right here before the breaking out actually happens, the devil starts whispering to you, saying, 
you can't handle this. You, you're not capable. It's too much. And so anywhere past this point, before the breakout actually happens, your flesh is doing stinking cartwheels in your mind and in your heart, trying to do anything it can to get you to go back around and give up the faith project. Right here is the difference between real Christianity and not. And the people that will say, it's not too much. I would not be in this situation if I couldn't make it out. I'm going to trust God. I don't care what it feels like. Matter of fact, you need to get it in your head. If it kills me, I'm going to trust God. You need to get that in your mindset. And so, we, I cannot tell you in finances how many times... This happened. And, and we'd have a victory here or there, but then, you know, the devil would just raise the stakes on us. You know, we'd, <laughs> we'd need 300 bucks, 300 bucks would come through. So he'd just raise it to 500. And then it would be like, oh my gosh, 500? What, 500? You know, but, and then he'd raise it to 1,000. Whatever he needed to do to just keep pressing that button. Why? Because I kept falling for the same thing. I'd get past the point where I thought there was no return. We were sunk. And as soon as I hit that point and allowed it to be king in my thoughts and in my life, it was. And I was sunk. But there's issues like this in your life all the time. All the time. And the truth of the matter is, we've been giving up all the time and not even realizing it and the, and the result is the kingdom is hurt because of it. And your spiritual walk is hurt because of it. The result is you constantly feel defeated. Your joy is stripped away from you. And you never become the overwhelming conqueror that God's called you to be. Every now and then you'll have a minor victory. But you don't learn the process of winning in faith. You don't learn that process. So eventually, at one point, there's, I'm, I'm going around in this circle, Nicole and I, and in finances, and I remember, I don't remember what happened, but I remember I got to this place, and I'm, um, we had a faith project, and I think it was like 1200 bucks or something that we needed. And um, I got to this place, and the payoff thing was getting later and later or closer and closer, and I kind of hit this point of no return in my mind. And the devil and my flesh is, you know, throwing fits. And I, I'm literally sitting at my desk, and the phone's, like, right beside me, and I'm thinking, I need to call. I need to call the parents. I don't know how else to do this. I, I just don't know how to do this. And I remember sitting there getting ready to pick up the phone i I'm, i don't remember if i did this or not but i can tell you i was close enough to have done it i may have even picked up the phone and then put it back down <laughs> you know but i was sitting there and this the lord had shown me this and then all of a sudden the lord said if you don't stop using your father as a source i can never be your source if you don't stop using the crutches that you've been using, I can never be 
your source. And I, the best thing I can say is I had help from the Holy Spirit that day. And the Holy Spirit rose up inside of me, this, you know, fervor to not go around this circle again. And I don't care if it throws a thousand things into, you know, bouncing and everything else. I'll, I'm, Lord, even if the date passes and stuff bounces, I believe that you will bring enough money to pay off the, the fees of that bouncing. But I am not calling somebody. And I got it stuck in me. I got it set. Now, I'd had some little examples of this, but this was a moment. This was a marker. And uh, I remember that day. I remember, you know, where I was sitting and what I was thinking. And I said, Lord, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. I'm not going around that circle again. I'm tired of going around that circle. I'm not doing it again. And I don't remember exactly uh, how the cycle ended. I don't remember exactly what the solution was. But I can remember I didn't call my crutch. And I can remember that God came through. And that day, this all changed. And Brian and Nicole broke out of that circle. And since that time, everything's looked different. Everything's looked different. Because if you learn how to apply this in finances or whatever area that your faith project is in, if you learn how to apply that and you learn how to break out of the situation, you'll start to see the common markers, the common things that happen on there. And the devil has no new tricks. He just tries to throw the same old stuff at you. He just calls it different names. But it's always the, the condemnation. Then you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, the, and God asking you to step out into something that's going to take some faith. And then all of a sudden you get close and the flesh starts to rise up and you got to realize that the flesh is always going to rise up. It's never not going to rise up and the devil's never going to stop trying to talk you out of your faith project and you're never generally going to hit a point where your flesh doesn't say, I can't do it. You're never going to have a faith project where, you're, where your flesh doesn't say, I can't take this anymore. It's too much. You're not going to have that. Your flesh is going to say that. And you've got to hear that and say, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad, flesh. Yeah. And when you get that set, not just a theory, but it becomes a part of who you are, you will break out of that cycle. And what you'll learn is that every faith project is the exact same. And if you can do it once, you can do it a thousand times. And if you can do it in one place, you can do it in another place. And so, well, you know, what are some of the areas that you have where, you know, mine, my big one was finances? You know, what's some of the areas that you've had? Maybe it's, maybe it's just time, you know? Maybe, it, maybe it's um, even spending time with the, with the Lord. Well, I can't spend time with the Lord. I don't have time. No, that's just your flesh telling you that you don't have time. You don't have time not to spend time with the Lord. What about serving Him? See, your faith project can be, you know, oh, you want to serve, but then you get into it and it's like, it's too much. It's the same, same cycle. Lord, I really want to serve you, but it's too much. 
It's the same thing. It's telling you the same thing that he was telling me on finances. It's the same thing. Well, how about, how about a person? You know, you know Chris, you know, I'm just making this up, but let's say that Chris just really got on my nerves. And after a while, I'm like, Lord, I can't take him anymore. It's just too much. You know, you know, I don't want to forgive him anymore. What are you, you're right here. It's the same process. And see, this is Christianity where you say, flesh, I hear you, but I don't care. And when you learn how to do it in one area, you can see how to duplicate that in every area. And let me, let me just show you some stuff here. So you, you think about what some other areas that you've, you know, man, it's like you irritation of people or your comfort zones or anything. What are some of those areas? But I want you to notice in your life, it's always going to come to the place where the devil and your flesh agree and start saying, it's too much. You don't have enough strength to do this. It's taking too long. All of it's the same stuff. It's always the same thing. It's taking too long. I've been waiting on this forever. And see, the stronger it gets, the closer you are to breaking out. And so he just tries to ramp up the heat on your flesh. And your flesh cries like a baby. The problem is you've been letting your flesh run your life. And it keeps throwing you back in the same cycle. And I guarantee you, it won't be but just a few months. You're going to be right back here where God says, you let it go last time. Let's do it again. And you'll say, yeah, I need to. Well, why do that three or four times? How about the first time you start learning how those, those uh, things that your flesh will do and that the devil does. Let's learn that. Start learning that. Putting that into our experience. Putting that into our, our bag of, of testimonies that we can pull out. Let me, let me read some scripture to you in Hebrews 11, 1. We won't get into detail on this uh, tonight and, and probably not in this series, but I just want to, this is your basic faith. When you have a faith project, this is a basic scripture that you're going to have to have. And it is, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Or the, the King James says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of of things not seen. In other words, faith is the support. Faith is what you don't see. Faith is the support. It's the evidence of things not seen. But you also have to have, there's two key ingredients in this verse. One is faith, one is hope. So you've got to have something that you're hoping for. In other words, if I don't have a promise of God, I've got nothing to hope for. You know, let's say that in this situation, finances, right? Well, if I don't know the promise of God, do I have any hope for him to come through and provision? No. Do I have any joyful, hope is joyful, confident expectation. Do I have any joy, confidence, or expectation that God will come through? So I can try to, I can try to step up with faith all day long. But if there's nothing, nothing there to hope for, I've got, nothing, I've got no grounds for support. I've got no grounds that that faith project will come to pass. So I've got to have something to hope for, which is based off of the promises of God, which means we need to know what the promises of God are, what you're entitled to. 
We need to know those things. But then I've got to believe on those promises. And when I believe on those things hoped for, the evidence will start to show up in my life. But a lot of times people will read that and they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to believe God, I'm going to believe God. But they just keep going around this cycle and keep repeating this cycle and keep repeating, keep repeating, keep repeating that cycle because there's more involved a lot of times. There's more things that you need to know about. You need to know the weapons that the enemy tries to use against you. You need to know what your flesh is going to bring up. You need to know even how the conscience comes into play. This is That's uh, the conference I was at last week. That's what they talked about in depth all week long. And I'm telling you, it's involved in everything, is the conscience. So let's look at Hebrews 6.11. This is the big one that I want to show you tonight is in this series, Hebrews 6.11 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. In other words, now listen to that, we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope to the end. So in other words, what they're describing is the race of your life so that you will hold on to the hope of an eternal salvation through Christ even to the end of your race on this earth. Well, we already talked about in a big race, we also have smaller legs of the race. So when you go about a faith project, just like you want to apply faith towards salvation, you also want to apply faith towards healing, towards finances, towards forgiveness, towards other things. So this can also describe a smaller leg of the race. And look at what it says, that we apply a diligence so that we realize the full assurance of hope. Well, what is the full assurance of hope? The full assurance of hope is that the joyful, confident expectation will be fully assured, will come to pass, that it will be manifested. In other words, the full assurance of hope is that we come out of that cycle and we win that faith project. How do we do that? That we put on diligence. Verse 12 there says, So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Do you want to inherit the promises of God? Well, it's not, it's not enough to just have faith. You've got to apply patience with that faith. In other words, you've got to not give up here. When No matter what your flesh says, no matter how much it yells or screams, you've got to not give up. You've got to have in your mindset, I cannot fail. Something similar along these lines. God is always leading me to triumph. When you get that set inside of you, you realize that no matter how much your flesh yells, triumph is still yours. No matter how much the world tells you it ain't going to happen and tries to steal hope and faith, the Word of God says triumph is still yours if you'll continue to hold Jesus by the hand and He'll lead you right out of that cycle. But until you make that promise yours, then what you'll do is you'll think, yeah, you're right, I can't make it. I can't, I can't keep on. It's too much. I can't do it. It's taking too long. You know, these are the things that our flesh and the devil yells at us. Why? To get us out of diligence and to get us out of patience. 
I do want you to see this. It says, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I think it's in the King James that the imitators there says, follow those. In other words, let me just give you a clue. You don't want to follow a spiritual leader that don't know how to do this. You want to follow people that have been doing this, that know how to do it, that is well on. You know, in other words, I, I heard uh, Jerry Savelle talking about this a few weeks ago. He said it wasn't very long after I met Brother Copeland that I had people in the church tell me, oh, you better be careful with Brother Copeland. You know, he's just, he's out there, you know, he's just, he's just weird. And, and Jerry was like, well, wait a minute. My word says to follow men of faith. He's a man of faith that's believing God for big things. And guess what? Not only is he doing it and believing for it, he's seeing it. I'm not seeing it in you. <laughs> and he says, but the word says, and he took to other scripture that showed who not to follow. And it was like, he says, the word says not to follow you, but to follow him. Because through faith and patience, he was inheriting the promises. And so the guy kind of hung himself trying to get them to stop following somebody because they were outside of their box. But this is for you personally. You want to look for people in life that they don't just talk this game. They walk it and they win it. You want to follow and imitate people who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. It's not just theory. I, I see... I see ministry all the time, and man, it sounds good when it comes out. But then I, I know their life, and it is not, it's theory. It's not, it's not practical application in their life. You want to watch that, because the Word tells you right here to follow the ones whose it's not just practical application, that it's real to them. And you want to be the kind of person that can, somebody can follow. Which means you want to be the kind of person that grows up in the things of God and knows how to break out of the cycle and win your faith projects so that you can help mentor and disciple and lead other people on how to win their faith projects too because within inside of them and within inside of you is the potential to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. But if you don't get in that word and start learning and knowing how to do that, they just sit dormant. And wasted inside of your life. But if you will not be sluggish. But will apply faith and patience. All the things that you can do for the kingdom. They're literally out of this world. And it will be awesome. Be that person. 1 Corinthians 10.13. We talk about this verse and the next one quite a lot. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. Now, that's the key part of this verse. You might not be faithful. The people around you might not be faithful. Your leaders might not even be faithful. But God is faithful. You know, this is, this is something that I took faith in. This is what helped me get out of this because I saw a whole bunch of people around me that I was trying to get lead me and I had some good ones, but I also saw some bad ones and I was sitting there and I could have made the excuse to stop because they were stopping. But inside, I just had that Holy Spirit that was saying, come on up, come up here. 
And inside I had the Holy Spirit saying, there's more to this than what you're seeing manifested in the lives of the people around you. There's more than what you're seeing manifested in your life, Brian. I I just had that Holy Spirit witness inside of me. And so I said, you know what? I can't stop just because people around me are stopping. I've got to be obedient to reach up, not bury my talents, but grab a hold of everything that Christ has paid for and be who God's called me to be. And I know he's saying the same thing to you because this is godly principle. This is, not, this is not just to Brian. This is to every believer and every person even that's not a believer that will grab a hold of Christ and believe it. You can have this too. There'll be things that God will lead you to do and it'll be awesome. God is faithful. When I didn't see faithfulness around me, I could look to God and know that he would help me. He was faithful. It says, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. And what this means is, it's talking about temptation, but here's the thing. Are you tempted to not have faith? Yes. Are you tempted to not forgive? Yes. Are you tempted to stay in your comfort zone? (laughs) Yes. Are you tempted to not learn more social skills? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's a huge one in our society. I'm just me. I'm just quiet. I don't know. Well, keep that and bury that talent because you're made. You need to look to the rock from which you were hewn. And Jesus was all about people. So are you tempted? There's all these things that we're tempted in. And God says that you will not be tempted beyond what you're able. In other words, there's no situation that you will face that you cannot choose godliness in. In other words, there's no situation that you will face that it's overtaking you, that God wants to overtake you. And in the end, he says, I'll provide a way of escape also. We know that God always wants us to triumph, to always go forward, right? He is always causing us to triumph, right? So we know God's will is for us to always triumph in the kingdom. So he says, even if you miss it, I'll provide a way of escape. But never does he say, yep, I want you to back up. That's not, that's not him. He's not a backup kind of God. He's a forward. He's an increase kind of God. He's always causing us to triumph. But his mercy, even in this verse, says, look, if you try it and you miss it, if you will believe me for my mercy, I'll even provide a way way of escape where you can come out neutral. So how much strength is there in that? So in other words, I can come up here and I can get to this place where my flesh is throwing a fit. And I can get to that place and I can say, wait a minute, God said... He would provide a way towards triumph. And even if I miss it, I'll be okay. He'll provide a way of escape. So what do I have to fear? What you're telling me, flesh? What you're telling me, devil? You're trying to get me to break out, you know, go back into the cycle and not break out of the cycle. Why would I listen to you when God has told me no temptation is too great? He will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I'm able. So in other words, if I find myself at this place where my flesh is yelling, you're going to die, 
You're going to do this, all this bad stuff to me? If I find myself at that place, I know by this verse right here that God will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I'm able. So if your flesh is yelling you to you, it's too much, you can't take it anymore, it's taking too long, that is pure evidence that you are able. That's the devil tempting you that you're not able, and God says, you are. I mean, when you hear that, you ought to start rejoicing. I mean, whoo, I'm about to come out of this place. I mean, we're ready to go. But a lot of times, here's what we do. We hit that place, and the flesh is yelling, and we're like, oh, I know, it's been so awful, it's taken so long. Pastor, it's been like three hours. No, no, never. What was? That? Yeah. And pastor has to have mercy, and then right when they're like, pastor's taking three hours, and and pastor's like, I can't take these people anymore, Lord. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. Amen. But, you know, sometimes it takes five years. Abraham took 25 years. 25 years. But he got the promise. 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 How many people didn't get the promise? Plenty. But Abraham got the promise. Now that was a big one, and I don't believe it should have taken Abraham 25 years. I believe it took him that long to be fully persuaded. It says he was fully persuaded. He kept saying, I'm the father of many nations, I'm the father of many nations. Eventually, after 25 years, he became fully persuaded that he really was. I believe that's what happened. That's my own personal opinion. I, you know, I can't prove that, but that's, I believe based on other biblical things, that's what happened. So it doesn't have to take you that long. But if you will not give up and apply patience to your faith, you'll get the promise. You'll get the promise. 2 Corinthians 2.14, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So you come back to this place where the Holy Spirit is, is challenging you, quickening you to apply faith. You, are you telling me that the quickening of the Holy Spirit to believe God is going to fall short? And see, when we start that that conquest of our faith project we're like yeah we're going to believe god and we're going to do but somewhere along the line here you know month one two three four five 24 months you know whatever time it is somewhere along that line we forget the power with which he asked us to go on and tackle that faith project see we've got to be fully persuaded the whole time we've got to we're the ones who, are, who are, have the responsibility of carrying the request of God and the expectation. God's not required to pull your expectation along. You're required to uphold your expectation. You're required to uphold your faith and patience. Not God. You are. 
And so what happens is, you know, we'll walk along and we got, you know, we got the promise and, and we, got, we got faith and we got hope. We got expectation and, and, and we, have, we have patience, you know, and, and we'll walk along and, and before we know it, we'll, we'll, you know, stop confessing the promise and we, and we forget that. And then as soon as we stop forgetting the promise, then all of a sudden, you know, we're like, well, Where's our expectation go? And now we don't have expectations like, oh, well, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. And then we're, then our faith goes, you know, and, and all we have left is, you know, some patience. And that goes too. And then we wonder why we just keep going around the same circle. Because we dropped the promises. We dropped the expectation. We dropped the faith, and the patience. These are the ingredients to bring about the promises of God. And it doesn't matter how much time. And then, you know, once we drop those things, all of a sudden the devil just has a heyday with us and in our mind. And then what happens, what happens when we don't break out of the cycle and win our faith project? What happens to our testimony? How do you feel right then? And see, you were the one up in front of the church going, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to believe God for my finances to get out of debt. Oh, I'm going to get out of debt. I'm telling the world. I'm confessing it. And then you drop out of your faith project, and all of a sudden, I mean, you walk in, and nobody knows you dropped out of your faith project. Nobody knows that you stopped it. But on Sunday, you're like, oh, they're all going to be looking at me. Just... I bet they're just waiting to ask me if, I, if I'm out of debt yet. And they fall under condemnation. And then, and then uh, the devil will send somebody to ask them to pray with them. They ain't got any faith at that moment. They're about the worst person. And matter of fact, they'll say, they'll say hey, uh, will you pray for me? And then they just drop their own faith project. They're feeling all the weight and condemnation. And then they'll be like, well, I tell you, you know, uh, sometimes God does it and sometimes he doesn't. And the life of those two people both now are affected by that. But when you come out of it and you see the power of God and you uphold faith and you don't drop expectation, you don't drop patience, and then you see the breakthrough and the power of God, it's like you, you're walking into church like this, like, hey, because I got to tell you all some stuff. You won't believe what God did. Well, you better believe because it it's good stuff. And he'll do it. He'll do it for me. He'll do it for you. Everybody want to hear about my testimony? We need more of that. That's been a problem with the church. Remember what I said? This is real Christianity. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the reason why people are disappointed in church is because there's not enough Christians that are actually believing God that are bold enough to stand up when their flesh is yelling and screaming at them to say, I ain't giving up. I'm not giving up. I got the promise of God. I got faith, expectation. I'm not giving up. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. In the King James, it says, he is a rewarder of them that 
diligently seek Him. See, when we start seeking Him right here, and we keep on seeking Him, and we keep on seeking Him, no matter what the flesh says, we keep on seeking Him, we keep on seeking Him, we keep on seeking Him, He is a rewarder. It's who He is. It's His character. That's His nature. You can't change that. You cannot believe that. You cannot have expectation on it, but you can't change it. It's who He is. But if you'll line up your faith and your expectation with who He is, and not give up on it, add patience to it, you'll see the promises of God. You will inherit them. He's a rewarder. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. This is not sometimes you will. You know, sometimes you won't. No, no, no. This is you will reap. You will harvest. You will have the manifestation. You will have the promise in your hands. If you don't grow, grow weary. If you keep faith with your patience together. Don't grow weary. These are promises. He's a rewarder of those that seek Him. He's always leading us to triumph. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. If you don't grow weary, you will reap in due time. <clears throat> James 1-2 Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. How many people is like me is like, I never did like that verse. <laughs> Consider it. But see, you're looking at it from the standpoint of a loser. You've got to look at this verse from where you're actually seated at. You've got to look at this verse seated in heaven, in heavenly places with your Savior, Jesus Christ, who said, it's finished, it's all done. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. And now when you see this, it looks different. You've got to see it from the position of a victorious saint seated in heavenly places with Christ. You've got to see it from that point. Consider it all joy my brethren, when you encounter various trials. See, here's what happens. When you start seeing this and start walking towards this, and it comes up and God's presenting you with a faith project, you know, oh, I mean, after a little while, you know, if he's giving you a faith project, there's probably going to be some trials along the way. There's going to be some. So you're not not expecting the trials. You're not, not expecting the persecution. You're expecting that. You're expecting that your flesh is going to try to buff up on you. You're expecting that the devil's going to try and th throw stuff in your way. But it doesn't phase you because you already know the outcome. Right. You already know you're victorious. You already know if God asked me to do it, this thing's done already. It's done. I already know it. So then you look at those trials and you're like, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. We're going to have a testimony. It's going to be great. And you're not, this is not wishing and a hoping like the world does. This is, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Hang around, watch. See, I, I'm saying that right now and you're like, mm-hmm. No, no, this is the real deal. This is how you get stuff done in the kingdom. 
And, and you know, the, the ELT group and people that have been here, you've seen long enough where we've come through various trials and sometimes it does not look pretty. But if you watch somebody that gets a hold of this and knows how to do this and win that faith project, it'll look like they are beat down to nothing sometimes. That's the way it'll look. That's the way it might feel. But they ain't. They're coming through, and they know it. You know what some of my biggest troubles and trials has been since we started this church? Is that I knew we were coming out, but other people didn't. And somewhere along the line, right before we get victory, they bailed. And you know what? Most of them bailed. And, and at some point, you've got to get okay with that. It's not what God wants. It's not what I want. Matter of fact, that's the most pain that we have as pastors is when people who are trying to say, you're going to come out. And they're like, I just can't take it anymore. I just can't. It's, too, it's been too long. It's too much. And so a lot of times we'll go into a situation, God will give us a faith project as leaders, as pastors of a church. God will give us a faith project, and we'll know that we're going to drop some along the way. And it's like, oh, I hate that. I hate it. Hate it. But I can't stop them except to continue showing the example of how it's done. And eventually some people may come back and they'll say, you know what, you... uh, We thought you were nuts, and we bailed, but we saw that you persevered. You gave patience and faith. And see, this is what not just the leaders need to be doing. He's talking to all Christians. This should be the norm. This is real Christianity. But we drop it, and then the testimony that we have is awful. It's horrible. But that's one of the the hardest things that we've done is is because I don't know if if other people's patience can go as far as mine can go because I'll just tell you, and just so you know, this is is personal boomerang family business stuff. My patience will go a long way. It'll go a long, long way. Longer than most people I know. There's very few people, and, and honestly, the people that I think it can go longer, I don't really know them yet because they're big enough to not be able to get close to them well. But most of the time, my patience will go beyond that. Beyond what most people I know. I don't know anybody, honestly. Do you know? I'm not. And, and what I'm trying to do is say, and why, why is my patience like that? Why? Because I've learned this. And I've learned that that kind of patience is the best testimony I can have. And if I don't carry that kind of testimony and I'm not willing to go that kind of distance, I'm really not being godly. I'm not being a faithful person. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, you know, a lot of times I've had people in that. And and the reason I'm telling you that is because if you're in this boat called Boomerang, you're going to come up to some stuff where the person that can have long faith and stretch that kind of faith, if, if, if you've got somebody that can stretch their patience out there for a long ways, God can give them some big stuff. Right now, he's doing bigger stuff in this church than I think any of us have a clue of, including myself. He's doing something that, that is so big, I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. And, and why is he able to do that? I can, I can tell you why. Because most people go after the quick victory. 
I'm not going after a quick victory. We're not going after a quick victory. We're going after a solid victory that will stand the test of time. Fruit that stands eternal. Well, that takes establishment. In other words, if you're going to big build big house, and it's going to be tall, and it's going to be wide, you've got to have a big foundation. That takes time. I mean, how many people want to be digging a foundation for seven, eight, nine, ten years? I do. Because <laughs> I know what comes after. That's the point. And when we get on board with that and get in that kind of place, and we're not bailing because our flesh says, oh, this doesn't look too pretty around here, <laughs> you know, which we've had those moments. But we don't bail on that, but we have faith and patience. All of a sudden, we can do some things that are literally, truly out of this world. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So what's the end result of the trial? Lacking in nothing. It says there, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. In other words, if I will continue to allow my, te- my faith to be tested and I won't give up on my faith, I can know right now it will produce the endurance. And endurance has a perfect work. And when I combine the two, there's nothing I'll be lacking. There's nothing you'll be lacking. Nothing. Because you combined it. Nothing. And then, and then, what happens when you come to the next place? And then you come to the next place. And then you come to the next faith project. And 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 all these markers start looking the exact same. But you now possess the knowledge, the experience, and even more faith and more patience to come out of it. You know what it looks like. You know what it feels like. You know what you got to do. And you know how to break out of it. And when you start heading into those areas, all of a sudden, used to it was a headache. Now it's blind eyes opening. Used to it was $100. Now it's 100000 right. You see? Used to it was, it was dealing with saying hello to people. And now it's preaching in front of hundreds. And God has shown you how to come out of these. And you keep breaking the cycles of the enemy. The kingdom is advanced. And all it is, I just keep following the same steps. There's nothing different about it. It's like the key to victory. And all of a sudden, I just I hit a place where God asked me to do something. We just pull it out of our pocket. Here it is. Here's, here's the promise. Here's the faith. Here's the expectation. And here's patience. Click. Thank you, Lord. Now, in between all that time, it may be months. It may be years. It doesn't matter. You just keep standing there knowing that God is coming through. But we've already got the solution. We've got it. We know well, not only do we have the victory, we know how to apply it and grab a hold of it. Winning faith projects. Next week, we're going to talk about how to do it. Right now, 
I just want to, I want to pray for you. I want to pray, you know, may, I don't know what your faith project is, but I guarantee you you're in one whether you know it or not. Guarantee you you're in one whether you know it or not. Even if you're not born again, your faith project is to believe in Christ. You're in one. You're in one right now. It could be social. It could be service. It could be financial. It could be uh, health. It could be mental. It could be all kinds of different things. But right now you're in one. You're probably in several. You're probably coming up. You probably got some area in your life that is saying, it's too much. It's too long. I can't take it anymore. Something in you is probably shouting and yelling that right now. And the devil's pouring on. Whatever that is, that's where you're at. You're in that, you're in that place. You're in that cycle. No. And the first thing you need to do is you need to have a scripture on it. You need to have a promise of God. It'd be good to have two or three witnesses of his promise. The next thing you need to do is you need to let that promise become a reality in you. So much so that hope starts, joy starts building in you on those promises. The promises of God are yes and amen. You know, promises of God are yes and amen. By faith and patience, I inherit the promises of God. I will have them. Let that thing start building up in you and then decide I ain't giving up on it. I'm not quitting. Mm-mm, I don't care. I don't care if it kills me. I will not drop this. If God asked me to do it, and I know he did, if I know he did, then I'm not dropping it. He wouldn't put me in a place where I couldn't come out triumphant. If I, if I couldn't come out triumphant, he would have not allowed me to have uh, had the project in the first place. Period. That's what his word. So right now, I don't know what that is for you, but here's what I want to do. I want to pray strength. For you, I'm going to pray a general prayer for everybody for strength. But if you have a particular thing in your life and you're like, yep, I'm ready to break through this stupid thing. I'm ready to be done with it. You know, I'm ready to stand on it. And I'm not saying that it's going to go away tonight, that you will woohoo win tonight. I'm saying that tonight you'll have the strength to run the race and finish the race. See, don't, don't give up the race. That's what a lot of times we'll do. We'll stop the race. Yeah, I want, I, I have this. And then we stop believing for it. Don't, don't have it till you, don't give up the race till you have the manifestation. <coughs> so Father, right now, if you want specific prayer for you, Lord, I need strength. I need strength to break out of this cycle tonight. If that's you, come on up right now as I pray this general prayer. Father, right now, we just pray. Lord, let everybody receive the strength of God. What I'm releasing here is an impartation of that heavenly uh, manifestation of God's strength. But Lord, in a general sense, let people see the promises of God. Know the promises of God. Have faith for the promises of God to step out of it. And Lord, we just praise you for it. Let them see that this cycle can be accomplished, can be won, and then every time it can be won over and over and over again. I don't have to lose it this thing ever again. I can win every faith project. Father, we praise you for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight.